All right, Kevin Barker. So you look at today's loss to the Angels. And I think this pretty much encapsulates what Ross Atkins needs to do in the next, what, 48 hours or so. Jays lose 3-2, 2 for 16 with runners in scoring position. And we've talked about how this this lineup needs I, I it needs a shakeup beyond simply moving George Springer down into the in, into the fifth into the fifth spot. And um well God love Jimmy Garcia. I, I'm happy that he made six million dollars by throwing that first pitch today and got his contract vested. I just don't want to see Jimmy Garcia with the game on the line too often. Jordan Romano went in the IL yesterday. The last four losses the Jays have had, the bullpen has had a role in those losses. Now, of course, extra innings, that stands to reason the bullpen's going to have a role in those losses. And in those last four losses, at least three of those losses, the Jays had some issues offensively as well. So, Kevin, I'm going to ask you, uh, after this weekend, oh, and we should add, by the way, the Jays took two of three and, and are closer to first place than they've been in a long time because it does seem like this year has been kind of disappointing so far. Uh, do you see anything this weekend that changed your mind about anything at all regarding this team? Absolutely not. Like they're, it's like you mentioned, they're, they're 24th in baseball with hitting with runners and scoring position. They're 27th in slugging with hitting with runners and scoring position. What might be the most important part of it because of the elevated fastball, the velocity that they throw, the, the never having a fastball count, you got to out slug dudes, which means you got to get it down and get it singing and hit some balls and some seats. And whenever you do that and a guy standing on second base helps with the crooked number, just makes it easier on everybody. It's hard for me to blame Jimmy Garcia. They're two for 16. Like they had yeah. plethora of chances. The first inning, fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning and tenth inning i mean sooner than later one of these guys point is sorry go ahead no no, 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 go ahead well it's like i'll give you an example it's like the chapman first and third uh first inning at bat where he gets 92 93 first couple pitches he sees eight pitches five of those were fastballs or six of those were fastballs excuse me two of the first six we're right down the middle. He's two days late on it, and then he punches out. Springer comes up and hits a lazy fly ball out. That, that's the kind of things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's You knew by watching Barrios whether it was the early start, uh, whether it's just he's thrown a lot. You could tell it was tough. The transfer out of the glove, good extension, getting it in the lane, doing it arm side with the eight lefties he had to face today. In the first inning, we just tell you he's going to battle. Like, it's going to be a challenge for him to do that consistently. That first at-bat in the first inning with Chapman went first and third and one out. It's a big deal. Those are the Mm -hmm. at-bats that would separate the entire game, make it easier for everybody. Maybe you score more runs, you have more confidence. It's just the little things like that. So, to long-winded answer your question, no, this team sort of is what it is. I just don't know if you can go out and get an impactful bat that can change what George Springer's swing looks like with a dude standing on second, what Matt Chapman looks like. There's a lot of at-bats there that I don't know if one guy can fix. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. The numbers to call the Jays, 3-2 losers to the L.A. Angels uh, in uh, – 10 innings today before another sellout crowd at the Rogers Center. Let's go right to the phone lines. We've got a lot of folks. We've got a lot to say about this game. It is trade deadline. Obviously, a lot of trade deadline chatter today. 
want to talk as well about the Jays bullpen want to talk about the lack of hitting with runners in scoring position George Springer um, I, I guess we're at the point now where we're looking at hard contact again with George Springer as being a positive I still saw a bunch of fly balls from him uh, I still saw him swinging and missing at very hittable pitches put it this way pitches that I want a guy hitting fifth for a World Series team hitting that's the way I'll put it Ian in Toronto you're on Blue Jays talk how are you guys doing okay it's a gorgeous day out the humidity's broken and the Jays, the Jays, they're in a race, I think. Yeah. Well, they are. They they were always going to be in the race. And the fact that they still can't hit uh, and score runs is this is this is not an issue that's going to just disappear. It just seems like it's going to be there all year. Most of these guys are hitting way below their career averages with runners in scoring position. I mean, this is probably the first Jays team that's kind of supposed to be good that will never – will not see a 30 home run hitter at all. Mm, um, but that's besides the point. With regards to what you said about the bullpen being responsible for four, the last four losses, yeah, but, I mean, it's not like – you have to remember, they're always pitching high leverage innings. The, this team does not run out to early leads and ever give the bullpen a, quote-unquote, easy day off. They're Ooh, one of the worst – 7-2, any- 7-2 lead against the Mariners, yeah. pretty uh-huh. easy. No, no, no. They, they, they do once in a while, but I mean, in general, they don't. This, this team is seventh worst at scoring runs in the first six innings in all the MLB, but they're the second best after the second after the sixth inning. That's just that's just a fact of the uh, of the numbers. The the bullpen's always expected to pitch high leverage innings, and when you've got Mitch White in, sitting in the bullpen, who obviously you can't trust to bring out, even with a five run lead, because he blew, you know, he, uh, against Arizona, he basically blew that lead almost completely. Uh, you're sitting with only seven bullpen pitchers. My my big question is is like what's going to happen with Manoa after Ryu is finally. Uh, put on the uh, put back on the active roster. Are they going to finally send him down to AAA, no, where no. he belongs? Because he's he he doesn't get anyone out. He in his last three starts, twelve innings, twelve walks, ten hits, three hit batters, and one was obviously really bad. But like you can't have a guy with a walks and hits per innings pitched of two on the roster. Well, you here's here, and you can't here, go here, with a six-man rotation with the with Mitch White sitting in the bullpen. Yeah, well, I mean they are. So, I mean that's to answer your question. They are going with the oh. six-man rotation uh, initially. I, I mean, I, I, I don't care about Alec Manoa. I mean, if Hyunjin Ryu does what the Jays think he's going to do, Alec Manoa is your maybe your sixth starter in the six-man rotation. I mean, really, we're at the point right now where whatever Alec Manoa gives you. Is 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 just something added? Um, if Alec Manoa gets sent down to AAA, I mean the AAA stops playing in, in, in the end of August, pretty much. Um, no, they go until I, the end of September. Now. Or I'm sorry, you're right to the end of September. But if they send, I just don't care. I, I don't think they'll they'll necessarily. I don't think he'll necessarily be a factor one way or another. Um, you know, let's see how the six-man rotation works out. Let's see what they do at the trade deadline with relievers. Let's see what Chad Green looks like. I know there's a lot of let's see in there. But I think the one thing we know with the Jays and John Schneider, Ian, is they're at the point right now where if you can't help them win, they're not going to use you. And with all due respect to Alec Manoa, it may just be that he becomes just a guy and with an idea towards getting him ready for next year. 
But I would not at all be surprised if Ryu is any good at all. If you just kind of see Alec Manoa, um, I mean, I don't even know. I, I guess maybe they could send him down to AAA. I don't see I any agree. use. I don't see I any use for him in the bullpen. Ryu. Yeah, I, I don't see any use for him Ryu. in the bullpen. But but here's the thing I want to add about the bullpen. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a matter of the Jays' bullpen being overworked or the they have they just have too many guys who aren't good enough. Again, I keep reminding people, this Jays starting rotation, Kevin, we talked about this. What are they now? Sixth in baseball in terms of innings pitched? Yeah. The Jays starting rotation is logging a lot of innings. You're right, the bullpen has had to come in and pitch and leverage. But I don't think this bullpen's been overused. I think this gets to just do they have enough good relievers in that bullpen? Like, do you really trust Nate Pearson? Do you, we don't trust Mitch White, obviously. Uh, Jimmy Garcia, do you really, really trust Jimmy Garcia? Eric Swanson, do you really, really trust him right now? Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you. I think it's more a matter of bullpen construction than the bullpen being overused. Yeah, I think to Ian's point, though, it is offensively we expected more. Like oh, two, yeah, and Ian's, the, Ian's right. Ian's right. We, I'm not absolving. Yeah. The lineup here. No, Ian's no, completely right about no, that. No team has seven or eight legit bullpen arms that every time you roll them out there, they're shut down and they're going to eliminate every single hitter, even in the middle of orders. Every once in a while, a lineup has to do their part, and just consistently you're seeing more two-for-16s than you are three-for-sixes. That will get the big hit you know, in the sixth inning, take the pressure off of all the coaches and the dude that's coming in, and he can pound the zone and get away with uh, you know, an 0-1 cement mixing curveball that's not going to destroy the team and, and end up losing the game for him. I think that's Ian's point. And just collectively, it'll be interesting to see what Ross does. I just don't know if you don't get Cody Bellinger. I mean, Renfro would look perfect, but yeah, yeah. the, Again, the, the not... Angels are not doing that. So if, if it's not Cody Bellinger, how are you piecing it together? Like, you need a veteran guy that, like the Renfro at bat, sees the fastball he fouled off. He's a smart dude. I'm not Okay, Kevin, the... I just got to jump in here. According to uh, Craig Mish, the Cardinals are trading Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays. This is per sources. Uh, Craig Mish is a senior baseball contributor at the MLB Network. That from our uh, show, Ali. It's gonna, I'm going to try to balance things here. Uh, Jordan Hicks is a guy who throws a bazillion miles an hour. He's a guy who's been a little inconsistent this year. He's eligible for free agency. I believe he's eligible for free agency. Um, again, that's not from... Well, Craig's been right a couple of times, but I it... it I'm just throwing that out there right now because this is happening in real time while we're on the air. According to Craig Mish, the Cardinals are trading Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays per sources. We saw a couple of interesting things happen in the minor leagues in the past couple of days. Spencer Horowitz has played second base for the Buffalo Bisons. I don't know if that means anything, but uh, we've seen him play second base. He's kind of made his mark as a first baseman in the minor leagues as well. Again, that is a report. Uh, Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays per sources. Um, keep show keep us informed about that. Hicks is okay. Here we go. Thank you. Show Hicks makes one point eight three seven five. One point eight three. Yeah, let's just say one point eight three million. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. But that would 
getting Jordan Hicks in would certainly bolster the back end of the rotation. We mentioned Jordan, or of the bullpen, Jordan Romano went in the IL with the lower back issue yesterday. Kevin, um, you know, who knows, back injuries, pitchers, it can take a while. If, if you're the Blue Jays, adding an impact arm at the back end of the bullpen uh, would certainly. And Jeff Passan just confirmed the deal. There you go. Jordan Hicks is with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, we will uh, keep following that and try to figure out who's going the other way. You know what? Why don't we just actually, Kev, why don't we take our break now, uh, come back to the MLB scoreboard and get caught up in all this news again. Craig Mish reporting, Jeff Passan confirming the St. Louis Cardinals are trading Jordan Hicks to the Toronto Blue Jays, a hard-throwing relief pitcher eligible for free agency, the Cardinals were known to be open for business. The Jays, it appears, have moved to bolster their bullpen. And if, if in fact, this deal does hold true, and again, if Jeff Passon's confirming, it could pretty much take it to the bank. Kevin, Jordan Hicks and Yenesis Cabrera have changed the complexion of this Blue Jays bullpen. Serious, serious heat at the back end of the bullpen now. Let's take a break, Kevin. We'll come back, collect our thoughts, do a little more checking. 3-2, the Blue Jays lost to the LA Angels tonight, this afternoon, I should say, but they may have another reliever coming to town. We'll get you caught up. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The Toronto Blue Jays have acquired... Arguably the best relief arm on the market. Jeff Passan now confirming a report from Craig Mish. The Jays requiring Jordan Hicks from the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, no idea yet on the return going to the Cardinals. But uh, Kevin, after a series in which Jordan Romano went in the IL and Jimmy Garcia hung a curveball to Hunter Renfro, cost the Jays. Today's game, 3-2 loss to the L.A. Angels. And with the Baltimore Orioles coming in town for four, count them, four games, Ross Atkins had to do something. Had to do something in the very least to address the bullpen. He appears to have done that. Jordan Hicks coming to the Toronto Blue Jays. 4-1-6-4. Uh, I, almost threw out the, I almost threw out the back leg line. 416-870-0590. Star 590. I got too many phone numbers. Star 590. 1-888-666-0590. The numbers to call if you're in your car driving home from the game. You ain't going anywhere. Traffic's going to be awful. Give us a call. Tell us what you think. Jordan Hicks, the member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Your thoughts on that? Does Ross Atkins still need to do more? Kevin, I'll turn it over to you. Absolutely needs to do more. This is a good piece. Like, you know, the, the one little kryptonite for Jordan Hicks is throw and strike one, pitches per innings pitch, pitches per plate appearance. Uh, his, to your point that you've been making for the last week, the dude that comes in here has to be doing good at the time. ERA is a little over two in July. He's only walked three guys and eight and a third. That's a big deal. He can throw strikes and have – you know, the separation between now just throwing strikes and quality strikes. He has been giving up some hits. That'll tell you he's been trying to pound the zone a little bit more and 
and just needs to have some better quality to those strikes. But you add Pete Walker to the mix. You add that velocity. You add, you know, getting closer to having some no-brainers down there. That's a nice add, but for me, you need more. Like, you might need one more of those. And maybe if you can get a veteran right-handed hitter in here, somebody who can let the ball travel in a big spot with a runner on third base that can just put a ball in play and help you score runs that way, that'd be a nice add too. But this is this is a good step in the right direction. With who they're about to face, having a lefty in, in Cabrera who can throw as hard as he can throw, mm. and mm. now having this dude who can throw as hard as he can throw right-handed, it's a nice couple of pieces to go to if you're John Snyder. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. The Blue Jays lose a game. They gain the biggest bullpen arm on the trade market. And Jordan Hicks, give us a call. Tell us what you think. Time now for the Major League Baseball standings watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet in things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports, 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. The uh, American League East has certainly tightened up in the past couple of weeks, indeed the past couple of days. Today, the Tampa Bay Rays are leading the Houston Astros 6-1. That game is still going on. Uh, the Jays, of course, as we mentioned, 3-2 losers to the Los Angeles Angels. So the standings as follows. Baltimore still in first place, 63-41. and 41. Tampa Bay is holding down second. They're 63-44. and 44. Toronto, 59-47. and 47. Boston, 56-48. and 48. The Yankees, they are 55-49. and 49. The Yankees and Orioles playing uh, tonight. The Red Sox on the road against Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, against San Francisco. And as we mentioned, the Rays currently beating the Houston Astros 6-1. to But again, the breaking news, the breaking news, the Toronto Blue Jays, according to Craig Mish and Jeff Passan, have acquired Jordan Hicks, considered to be the f- best relief arm on the market. Again, we are awaiting the return from the Blue Jays going to uh, to St. Louis, but as I mentioned, some interesting stuff going on at AAA. Shlomo and Scarborough, you're on Blue Jays Talk. Hey, guys. I really like this trade. I guess it happened while I was on hold. I've been thinking about it. And uh, hopefully it knocks Mitch White off the, the active roster. And, but what I want to talk to you guys about is, I guess this is a question for Barker, are the Jays, becoming an organization that does will not have a good reputation with like development and with uh, prospects. We really haven't seen guys get a long look. You got a guy like David Schneider with 21 home runs, 62 RBIs, can't even get a sniff. And you got Espinal and Biggio who have had very bad seasons. Like next year, we have three free agents that are uh, um, Chapman, uh, Whit Merrifield, and Kiermaier. So that's like a third of a lot of like an everyday lineup, and we can't fill that all with, you know, free agents when we want to resign Bo and Vladdy. Um, Bo is signed. No, but long-term he's not, only for two more years. So if you're going to bring somebody in for a long period, you need to have some cash freed up by having some, you guys have talked about it, having some guys on the farm come up and play for cheap. So if we don't see what Addison Barger, or Davis Schneider, or a longer look at Spencer Horowitz, how can we, how can we be an organization like the Orioles or um, any the, the Rays that are able to plug at those positions and then have other capital freed up to sign yeah. our, our studs. 
I'll turn it over to Kevin. Um, I get the impression Davis Schneider might be this year's Nathan Lucas. You know, and and that is to your point. Um, You know, Addison Barger, I think you have to remove him from the equation right now because he was hurt this year. And I think the important thing for Addison Barger, just let him get regular at bats at AAA. Let him, Kevin, I don't know how you feel. That's how I feel about him. Spencer Horowitz, I will, Shlomo, I'll I'll admit that kind of confuses me. Kevin, I'll throw it over to you because this is a couple of years now that he, not only has he put up decent numbers, but you keep hearing quote-unquotes that, quote, people in the organization really like him. Kevin, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I guess, again, this gets back to that thing at the end of the uh, end of the game, you need predictability. Like, you need dudes that you know you're going to hand the ball to are really good, and they're going to give you competitive outings and, and give you a legitimate chance every single time to get outs. That's what they're trying to line their everyday guys with. Not saying that those some of those guys that were get called up aren't going to be good next year and the year after, but right now they're looking for predictability. John Snyder and all the coaching staff wants, you know, Santiago Espinal when a ball's hit to him. Are you making the out? They've seen it. They know he can make it. That's predictability. You're okay with putting him in there and hitting him eighth or ninth against the left-handed pitcher. That's sort of what you're trying to do when you're trying to win a championship. So, look, I got no issues with this. This is the way sort of you're lining it up with. I mean, I I think sometimes we point the finger – at the people that we shouldn't be pointing the finger at. Point the finger at the at the dudes that we thought were supposed to carry this team that, quite frankly, the last caller said, they don't got a guy on this team going to hit 30 homers. Like, that, uh, that, that's a thing. That's that got is nothing amazing to do. when that's you got, think about it. Yeah, that's got nothing to do with Kevin Biggio or Santiago Espinal. That's the dudes in the meteor order. You're going to point fingers, point fingers at those guys. And, you know, I, I think – I always say this, and it's not an original thought, but your opponents will tell you quite often what they think of your team. And when I see a team on the road in extra innings, sacrificing, playing for one run, like let's be clear, yeah, L.A. got two runs because Hunter Renfro got a hanging curve that he mashed, but they were playing for one run in that inning. And what does that tell you? Well, that tells you they don't think the Blue Jays can score two runs in extra innings. And we've seen that. We've seen that enough that, again, your opponents, your opponents will show you what your weakness is. Yeah, Jeff, I think this is a combination of a couple things. Uh, the Blue Jays are 24th with hitting returns and scoring position. You know who's 25th? The Angels. The Angels are one for 11, too. They're not real good at it either. I mean, this is why you say the veteran guy who sort of when you swing at one thing knows he's getting something else in a different location will dive out over, gets a hang and submit mixer, pulls that thing, and helps your team win a baseball game. That's what we're talking about. And right now, neither one of these teams consistently have those. And that's why you see managers in the 10th inning on the road butting a dude to third to make it easier because his team can't score and oh by the way you kill two birds with one stone because you don't think the other team can either because they're just as bad as you are guy in maple you want to talk about the jordan hicks acquisition again for those of you uh, just getting to your car from the ballpark it took you so long or for those of you who uh just uh just uh tuning in the jays have acquired jordan hicks a reliever from the st louis cardinals considered to be one of the best bullpen arms on the market he's a hard thrower uh he is a free agent at the end of the year as Kevin Barker mentioned, he's a guy who's kind of righted the ship recently. We know that, uh, according to Chandler Rome, who covers the Astros, the Astros were involved in the hunt for Jordan Hicks. So 
by extension, you would think that the Jays in acquiring Jordan Hicks have not only bolstered themselves, but they've probably damaged a couple of other teams around them, teams that might be uh, might be looking or consider themselves to be playoff eligible teams. Uh, Gee and Maple again, go ahead. Yeah, I like uh, the piece. Also, the Yankees, I think, we're interested in. I have a feeling one of the guys going to St. Louis might be uh, Jimenez because they took him out of the Fisher Cats game about an hour ago. So maybe that's part of it. But I'm sure. Ben, uh, further to your point, I'm glad you brought up that name. Ben Nicholson Smith just reporting that he was taken out with wrist discomfort, which of course, which of course, of course, that does not mean that he won't be traded, but. It you know middle infielders are something the Jays have in the minor league system and the lower minor leagues. We know that the Cardinals, among the moves they're looking at doing, could conce- could conceivably see some of their middle infielders moved out as a result. Um, I mentioned that I didn't know this, and and Gee, maybe you did. I didn't know that Spencer Horwitz was playing second base at AAA. I just happened to check the Bison's, and maybe he has. In which case. Maybe he's been doing it for a while, in which case I hold my hand up because I don't check the uh, Buffalo Bisons box score all the time. But uh, nope. I did notice that uh, he was playing second base, so I don't know if there's a hint there as well. Yeah, and uh, to Barker's point, I mean, it's a nice piece. I still think they need to add two bats. I'm, 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 I, mm. You know, you look at you look at a game like today, and, and you know, I, I don't understand still why you know Chapman's batting, Chapman's batting in the four hole. You know, you got guys on base. His biggest problem is to get guys over. If he's not getting his hits, I mean, all we really need to do is manufacture some runs, and that seems to have been costing us a lot lately. But I just wanted to get your um, your opinion, both of you. Uh, in the tenth inning, I thought it was a no brainer after the bunt to walk Renfro. I mean, he's the second hottest hitter on their team, one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. And, and if you see the at bats he had all game, they were all quality at bats and I think you should do this every time in extra innings if you got a guy on third with one out you set up the double play and maybe only have to face one other guy than two and I just thought I thought Schneider dropped the ball on that and and bringing in Garcia three days in a row even though he pitched only two pitches two days ago still getting up three days in a row and if they didn't have enough arms and that's a manage uh, a management uh, error Mm -hmm. on uh, on Atkins like bring a guy up or you should have made this trade yesterday I mean like so anyways, I just want to know your thoughts, guys. Love the passion, and uh, go Jays, go. Thanks, Guy. Kevin, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. I, I'm not – this is just me philosophically. Yeah. I would not have been a big fan of intentionally walking Hunter Renfro. Uh, if Jimmy Garcia is going to pitch for me in significant situations, and he still may have to despite this trade, obviously, mm-hmm. I love Hunter Renfro. I take Hunter Renfro in the Jays like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But how can I put this politely? <sighs> I got to show Jimmy Garcia. I think he can get Hunter Renfro out. Kevin, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I'm overthinking it. I'll turn it over to you. You're the. I mean, you played the game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's two sides to that. I think Jimmy Garcia hasn't been great. I think he put more traffic on the bases. You know starts getting a little tighter. He starts gripping the ball a little bit more. He starts hanging, breaking balls. But on the flip side of that, it is Escobar who hasn't had a hit today. Cabbage, who is not the hardest of outs. I mean, I guess, like, if you if you really want to pick and choose uh, who you don't want to let you let beat you, obviously it was Otani, and they showed you that by as many times as they intentionally walked a guy. And I guess the second guy would especially today be Renfro. So, 
I think for me, just looking at that from afar, it's more about Jimmy Garcia than it is the dude standing at the at the plate. And again, if he doesn't hang the breaking ball because of how good the fastball is, that's say fair. D- say that's doubles fair. up. Right. If he if he doubles up on the fastball, Renfro's out. Let's let's be honest, out. But he didn't, and then he throws, and that's a veteran hitter. That's what we're talking about. Is he's looking for one because of where the last one was at. That's why you can't teach experience. Uh, from our friends at Codify Baseball. I just, I'm just throwing this out there. I want us to wrap our head around this for a minute because this tells you something about Jordan Hitch. Since 2000, Codify's been tracking pitches since 2008. No Toronto Blue Jay has ever thrown a 102 mile per, per hour pitch, and they're saying rounding doesn't count. So, a minimum of 102 miles per hour. Jordan Hicks has thrown 370, 102 plus mile an hour pitches for the Cardinals. Kevin, I'm going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be. I'm. I'm. I don't think this is necessarily being bold. Don't say. I it. think. I think Nate Pearson has thrown his last pitch for the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. I mean, I with this I, acquisition I, with this acquisition. Yeah. Now, I've said for ten days now that one. I think Nate Pearson is a change of scenery guy. And he could start for the Cardinals, I think. And too. well, you, if you're a team that's looking for again, baseball people love to reinvent the wheel. They no love to reinvent the wheel. They always Absolutely. have. Yeah. And if you're an organization building for the future, Jordan Hicks probably wasn't going to resign with the Cardinals because the Cardinals are kind of a mess right now. I don't know if it's Nate Pearson going in return necessarily in this deal, but I'm saying. We talk a lot about what the Jays, about the, the weakness of the Jays minor league system. Two things to keep in mind. It's generally, when you look at it, it looks weak because Ricky Tiedemann has been hurt for much of the year and Brandon Barrero has been hurt. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right. Barriera. Barriera, thank you, for much of the year. Um, so those are your top two pitching prospects. And when you see them hurt, it's kind of natural to think that the organization is thin. But... Nate Pearson's a guy that would certainly have some trade value, I would think. Again, the Jays have a ton of middle infielders in their organization. The St. Louis Cardinals, this deal, it wouldn't surprise me if it involves a middle infielder because we know they're looking at making some moves with their other players. And uh, John Heyman just reporting, by the way, this is how significant this acquisition is. The Rangers, Diamondbacks, Rays, and Dodgers were among the teams in on Hicks before he went to Toronto. We know the Astros were as well, so let's think about that. The Rays, Astros, and Dodgers. I'm sorry, the Rays, Astros, and Rangers. Three teams the Jays could conceivably meet in the playoffs. We're all in on Jordan Hicks. Uh, we're going to hang into 430. I want to go to Daryl in Whitby. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. I'll get to the Hicks trade in a minute, but this is how I view it. If you have a payroll that the Jays have right now and you have the lineup they they have from one to nine, you go all in. So to me, a prospect of whoever you're trading is a roll of the dice. Look at Pearson. He was supposed to be this great thing. Didn't happen. Anybody seen Austin? Let me ask you this. Anybody seen Austin Martin lately? Remember? Traded for Barrios, number one prospect. Anybody seen Austin Martin? Going once, going twice, gone. That's it. So if you if you want to you're in it to win it, then your prospects, you you shoot first, ask questions later. That's how I look at it. You get rid of them and you you uh 
you roll the dice. You have to. That's the only thing you can do. So, like, for example, a trade like uh, if they were out to go out for, say, Juan Soto right now, I would empty the cupboards on them because at the end of the day, who are you getting in baseball better to him to come in and be your power bat that the Jays are looking for right now? Not too much out there better than that. Nope. There. Listen, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the insight, my friend. Listen, I am with you on this. Um, it it the, look the Jays have gone. The Jays payroll is seventh, depending on what figure you use. I think it's like seventh or eighth in baseball. Um, and and this is what Kevin we talked about this on Blair and Barker and on Jays talk a lot. And I know other 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 folks in the station have talked about it as well. But that's like. <laughs> If you're if you've built a team with this payroll and you've got such obvious flaws, right? Like we're not the fact you need another hitter, the fact that you need a bullpen help. I mean, we weren't rocket scientists for suggesting this. You might have been because you suggested it. God, like the first day of spring training, you've been saying the lineup isn't good enough. Lineup isn't good enough, and I've kind of gone, yeah, probably. I mean. And then once reality sits in, you go, you know what? Kevin's right. The lineup really isn't that good enough. But I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, see, the payroll kind of isn't an issue now because when you acquire a guy, it's not like you're. It's not like you're picking up if it's a twelve million dollar guy. You're not picking up twelve million dollars. You're picking up I don't know five and a half or whatever it is, a prorated portion of that deal. Uh, what does interest me a little bit? here kevin and we'll need to see what the return is generally the jays like acquiring guys with a little bit of control uh i have no problem acquiring a guy like jordan hicks uh obviously i have no problem acquiring a reliever if i'm going to lose him as a free agent i i don't have any problem with that at all i'm a big fan of renting relievers not so much necessarily on starting pitching or position players but i wonder if this doesn't maybe signal kevin that the jays are willing to look at rentals now. Because a lot of the guys they've acquired in the past have had a little bit of control, right, for the most part. I wonder if this suggests to you that maybe the Jays are all in so much that they will look at a rental player. Yeah, and also you got to be a little worried, too, about Jordan Armato's back, and this guy could probably close down That's... the road. And it's not going to cost you a ton of money if you wanted to try and re-sign him, bring him here. He falls in love with Toronto. Why wouldn't he fall in love with Toronto? they got a really good team. They're young. They're going to be good for a while. I mean, him being a part of that, being a no-brainer in your eighth or ninth inning would be a big deal. I'm sure he wouldn't be the hardest dude to sign. He's with Pete Walker. This gets back to that thing of throwing strike one. The quality of the power, if he can get that from him, yeah, this this is going to be some elite kind of stuff, and I think that's probably the separation is you're bringing him to a staff that knows how to you know get the best out of a guy uh, and – I wouldn't expect anything different, but I'm with it. Is one bad enough? That that's the thing you got to ask yourself. Say they say they plug in a. I'm not saying it's Renfro because it doesn't sound like the Angels going to give up anything. But a guy like that, and he's hitting cleanup. Is that enough? Just the dude to take away at bats that I, Chapman would get in the cleanup spot. Then Chapman again, get again or check uh, or take away at bats from Dalton Varsho. I I keep getting back to what to what Alex and the Braves did a couple of years ago. If you can't go out and add the guy, the the guy that just, wow, makes that lineup instantly better. Add guys who make it different. Add guys who make it harder to pitch to. And, and I think that's probably 
the approach we're going to uh, see from uh, Ross. There is a report online that Adam Kloffenstein, Kloffenstein is the pitcher going to the St. Louis Cardinals from the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, this guy has been in the organization for a long time. Uh, he's kind of, I wouldn't say stalled necessarily. It's been a slow climb for him through the Blue Jays organization. Uh, if he is one of the pieces or the piece going, um, good for Ross because he ain't going to see, he wasn't going to see the light of day in this organization for years, not with Bassett, Barrios, and Gossman here for the next two or three years, not with Alec Manoa, presuming they can get him straightened around here for another couple of years. Um, and here we go. The St. Louis Cardinals aren't done. The Texas Rangers are finalizing a trade to acquire Jordan Montgomery from the St. Louis Cardinals, sources tell ESPN. So there is a possibility with all these pieces moving that the Cardinals have another deal, which may explain uh, why they would be looking at a starting pitcher. Again, the number to call 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. It's Kevin Barker. It's Jeff Blair. It's Blue Jays Talk. We're here until 4.30. The breaking news, the Toronto Blue Jays have acquired Jordan Hicks from the St. Louis Cardinals. No concrete indication yet as to who will be going to the Cardinals in uh, in return. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is 6 o'clock on Tuesday. A reminder that Blair and Barker will be your destination during the trade deadline. We will be on the air across the Sportsnet TV network and on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Sportsnet radio network from 4 to 7 Eastern on Tuesday. We will take you right up, right up to the first pitch of the second game of a four-game series against the Baltimore Orioles. Bryson in Texas. Whereabouts in Texas are you? Hi, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Ah, oh. Fort Worth. Okay, I got Fort Worth, Kevin. You've been. To, have you been to Fort Worth? Is like one of the the gems. The I used to go when the Jays played in Arlington. I used to stay in Fort Worth because downtown Fort Worth was so cool. I just I wanted to throw that out there, Bryson. I appreciate the call. Love Fort Worth. Big fan of it. Nice. Thank you. Well, I don't think I've ever been this happy after such like a brutal loss like that this afternoon, but um, thanks Cardinals for uh, Genesis Cabrera and uh, Jordan Hicks. Um, they're going to look great in our bullpen. That's so exciting. And Chad Green coming back. I mean, this bullpen's elite now. Like we got elite stuff now. I'm so excited. What 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 would you like to see the Jays do at the deadline, Bryson? What else would you like to see? So going back on what y'all said earlier, I want to see them do like some Astros and Braves moves. You know, they brought in Rosario and Jock Peterson the year they won. Mm -hmm. Then the Astros brought in like Christian Vasquez and Trey Mancini. Just like moves like that with players who are pretty good and you know will put up solid at bats. Just like one or two more bats, I think would be really good just to solidify the lineup. Appreciate the call, Bryce, and I think Kevin and I are both with you. With you. John Heyman just reporting that Sem Roberts and Adam Kloffenstein are the two pitchers going to the Cardinals for Jordan Hicks. Uh, Sem Roberts, a guy who pitched in the Futures game, he's a Dutch guy that the organization has spent an awful lot of time developing. Uh, Kevin, you know, he's, he's a guy, I mean, you talk to Pete Walker off the record about dudes in the organization he really, really likes. And he was the name that came up. Doesn't matter to me, quite honestly, because I'd rather have Jordan Hicks closing games. But Sem Reverse was a guy that uh, Sem Reverse was a guy that a lot of people thought would be up here sooner rather than later. But you know what? 
Jordan Romano goes down, Kevin, you got to, and, and you've got the Baltimore Orioles coming in. You got to make the move now. You got to make the move now. Yeah, the future's now for the Blue Jays. Like they're, we, we, I mean, we can talk about those names, but we see what's right in front of us. We see what the Blue Jays' needs are. I mean, when they have good pitching and they get some timely hitting because of the way their outfield defense is, and most of the time they're catching balls that they should be catching in the infield, they're a really good team. They're trying to fill in the blanks. They're trying to make their strengths better, which is their pitching. And then they're going to try, seems to me like anyway, from the outside looking in, fill in the blanks offensively, whatever that is. I don't know what the name of that would be. If it's a Soto, more power to them. Probably won't be, but they could fill in the blanks with some older guys that would know how to have that at bat late in the game against a good pitcher. You do that now, you can compete with those better teams and give yourself a chance to to go on a winning streak that you need to go Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. The Toronto Blue Jays have acquired Jordan Hicks from the St. Louis Cardinals in return for a pair of pitching prospects. Cosmo in Toronto. What do you think of the deal? What else does Ross Atkins have to do? Well, I think the deal is is fine. And, and so far, I don't know much about the, the other two pitchers going the other way. But I just wanted to, to bring something up which I haven't heard any of you folks on, on sports radio talk about. And that's the fact that why, do, why can't the Blue Jays and this manager manufacture runs? They've got two men on today. I'm talking about today's game specifically, but I can go back to at least five or six more games. they got two men on with nobody out. Nobody's hitting. Like, can't they find a way to move the runners forward into more scoring position with a bunt or something that, 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 that will allow for the manufacture of runs? It seems like this manager just, just stands there very stoic and, and just watches the game. Like, I can think of five or six games that they've lost by one run where they, they could have at least attempted to manufacture a run by either hit and run bunting and nobody's hitting springer's up there and and he hasn't hit, had a hit since 1986 and and like they can't get him to bunt come on it was 1988 you know, I, give him a break it was 88 i'm sorry but you know what i mean like he's yes. really in a bad slump get him to do something that that, that generates some kind of weird offense or anything i mean if, if they swept this series that would have been a big big deal for for the mm-hmm. blue jays going forward but you know yeah, what? I, they lose another one-run game, and I've seen this. And nobody criticizes Schneider. I know he's a really nice man, and everybody loves him. But you know, this is a business, and and we want to win as fans. Yeah. Thanks for the anyway. call. I mean, l- listen. Um, I mean, I do think. Well, I don't know. I've never seen George Springer bunt, and I'm not saying that tongue in cheek because. I do know this. The Jays have a ton of guys in their lineup who can't bunt. I mean, they flat out can't bunt. They've got guys who should know how to bunt who can't bunt. Um, Kevin, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I get the caller's point. The first two runners, the, the first two dudes are in base. I, I, I get his point. I'm going to turn it over to you. I don't know because yeah, because I, I get his point and I can't. Uh, 
I, I, I can't answer it, so I'm going to put you in the spot. I, I, I Can would you assume, manufacture I, runs with this line? I would, I would assume if that gentleman was the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, he's not going to ask even George Springer, who is 0 for his last 30, to try and lay down a bunt on a dude that throws 99 miles an hour. Like I, we're all, people we all assume our, that bunting is the easiest thing to do. Have, have, how many people have ever tried to bunt 99? Who's never bunted before? I've never seen George Springer turn around to bunt of you. Never. Uh, no. No, and I've, I've surely never seen him try and do it against 99. That's the point. I, I, I get the frustration of because George is struggling the way he is and everybody wants to yell and scream at John and, you know, you see the third baseman yelling and screaming at John. And, you know, I think sometimes you got to give John a little bit of credit when moving the order around, that's worked. Like you put him in the five hole. You got no really where else to put him. It's like the, it's like the Chapman thing hitting cleanup. Who else is hitting cleanup? Danny Jansen? Like, I, who's hitting cleanup? They're, they don't have a cleanup hitter. You, I mean, that's your everyday guys. That if, if your everyday guys are not being your dudes, you're not winning those baseball games. And it just gets back to the thing that we've been saying since the first day of spring training is the lineup's incomplete. Like, it's just it's just not yep. there. Like, you just don't have that dude that you, you know see. every single time, other than Bo Bichette, that can give you the at-bat that you need to see. They just yeah, don't I mean, have you, can, you can see why this team... At least you can see why Masataka uh, Yoshi, uh, Yoshida thought that he was uh, going to sign with the Blue Jays at one point. I mean, you can see why the Jays would be interested in a guy like that. It is a lineup that is incomplete. Uh, that that's, that's the only way to put it. I mean, you made the point. This is a team that at the start of the year thought Brandon Belt and Dalton Varsho could be the cleanup hitters. Now just think about that for a minute. And then look around at the other team's in playoff spots right now and ask yourself, is there a team that had a worse cleanup spot in baseball, a contending team that had a, had a, was in worse shape than the Jays seriously thinking about that. Um, and, and I'm with Kevin in this. I mean, it, you know, Matt Chapman, Vlad, I mean, at, at this point it isn't, it isn't, it isn't really, it isn't really going to matter. Uh, do you see anything at all from George Springer, this series, Kevin, that, that, uh, you didn't, did you? <laughs> I, I, I look. I, I'm a, I'm a glass half full guy because I've been there before. I know what over thirties feel like. I know what he's going through. And today's day and age, when pitching's never been better with the velocities and the and where they throw the velocity. If you have a weakness, they can continue to throw that no matter what the count is. And they're going to force him to, you know, either lay off it or drive a backspin ball to right center on a really good pitcher's pitch. They're going to force him to do that. I think his takes look better I, for whatever that's worth. I think you got to sp- start somewhere. And I know he's sort of laughing it off and he's joking it off. He'll throw his hands in the air. Like, you know, look over here at me. Nobody cares. Like I, that's the thing about major league baseball. When you're on a team with 25 other guys and you know, your dudes that you go to battle with every single day, they don't care. They're trying to figure out their own selves. It's sort of that kind of thing. And that's where they're at in season. But I do think this today, I'm not going to go with the hard hit stuff. Because I think sometimes we beat that to death. That's a little silly. I, for me anyway, unless you can take a pitch the way you're supposed to take it, which means on time, and if because my front foot was there and I'm in an athletic position, I could hit that baseball if I wanted to. I think he had more of those today than he's had the last couple of days. Build off of that. But other than that, no. He looked like the same old George Springer he's looked like the last 30 at-bats. 
Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. We're here with you till four thirty on Blue Jays talk. The Jays losing three two to the L A Angels, but the news of the day: the Jays acquiring Jordan Hicks from the St Louis Cardinals. Ben Nicholson Smith and Shai Davidi both confirming now that the Jays are giving up Adam Klofenstein with a three twenty four ERA with one hundred and five strikeouts, thirty four walks, and eighty nine innings at Double A. And Sem Roberts, who had a 4.06 ERA with 86 strikeouts, 33 walks, and 88 and two-thirds innings at Double A. Uh, and, and again, that is the uh, the the deal for Jordan Hicks. Um, the Jays still retaining Arelvis Martinez, still retaining two of their top pitching prospects, and uh, well, still re- re- retaining Nate Pearson. And as I said, I would really. I would really look at at Nate Pearson as being a candidate to be moved in the next in the next uh, few days. Certainly, with the six o'clock trade deadline approaching on Tuesday, I just Kevin, I'm looking at. Let's assume Jordan Romano comes back at some point, which I think is, you know, maybe a safe assumption. I'm looking at Hicks, Romano, uh, Cabrera. Richards, Mesa. Swanson, Mesa. That gets me down to number six, and, and I'm around Nate Pearson. To me, there's no room at the end for Nate Pearson. I don't think there's – frankly, I don't think it's just a matter of no room at the end. I think Nate Pearson needs to jump on a plane and go someplace else and stay at another hotel because I just do not think – I do not think that he will be able to uh, – I, I just think it's time for both – both him and the organization that he moves on. Barry in Saskatchewan. Whereabouts in Saskatchewan, Barry? Well, that's right in between Alberta and Manitoba. <laughs> I know that. I used to live in Manitoba. I mean, whereabouts in Saskatchewan? Oh, Lumsden. Give your town a plug. Yeah, Lumsden. That's about uh, 17 miles northwest of Regina. So. There you go. God's country. Yeah. Go ahead, Barry. Anyway, I was wondering, like you said, I'm, I'm really in, in favor of this trade. That's a great deal that inquiring Jordan Hicks that should help their bullpen a lot uh, but I also agree with you guys that they have to do more and you said that they should have a right-handed batter coming off the bench well you know maybe a left-handed batter wouldn't hurt either because you know Kevin Biggio coming off the bench he is not my favorite pinch hitter he is very vulnerable to the high heat and with this pitcher today that he faced it was virtual certainty he was going to strike out and Dalton Varsho really isn't much better with high heat. So if they get somebody, even from the left side, that'll help them immensely. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, Kevin, I'll turn, it, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you there. I think, um, you know, watching Kevin Biggio today, and I'm, not, I'm just using this as a for example. I'm not certainly not hanging this loss in Kevin Vigio. But something you noticed early in the year, and something John Schneider has talked about, John Schneider knows his team does not handle high heat well. I mean, they no, don't. I, and Kevin, I don't know. Does, how many people do? Yeah, that, that, that is the million-dollar question, and I'm not real sure how you fix it. Like, like there's, you've been taught as a hitter, you've gotten to the big leagues one way, thinking down, looking down, drive down and through it. Now, I understand nowadays you're leading with the back elbow like Bo Bichette is. Get the barrel in the hitting zone, way behind you, keep it in there forever. Most humans uh, have trouble sometimes of doing that. A lot have to drive down and through it. When you're driving down and through it, 
a lot of the times because you have a natural uppercut in your swing when you're left-handed. I was left-handed. I had a natural uppercut in my swing. If I was mm-hmm. playing today, that's where they'd throw me. I'd look like Kevin Biggio. I've often thought, how would I figure it out? How would I not swing at it? How would I, if I have to swing at it, pull it and put it in play hard? It's not an easy answer because if it was, you would see the Chapmans of the world, the Biggios of the world, the Dalton Varshows of the world. We saw Matt Chapman in the first inning get blown away from a lefty that throws 92 because it was a little up. That's the thing, right? It's not like they're not trying to fix it. I'm just not sure this year they can. And I'm not sure how in the offseason you try. Like, what do you do with your lower half? What can you do with your hands? Do you use a lighter bat? Like, there's all these kind of things. Do you change the way you grip the bat? Like, there's a lot of things that will go in, but I do think sooner than later they're going to have to figure it out. They're going to have to figure out how to stay on top of that thing. Tommy Hawk at somewhere, right center, pulling the ball, like doing some things like that to get a pitcher from doing it late in the game. But it's not the easiest thing, right? And it's obvious. The caller exactly right. You know exactly where they're going to when they need an out. They're elevating a heater, and then they're going to flip a breaking ball if you're right-handed down and away. So, yeah, it's not sometimes the easiest of watches. But just think about if you're trying to hit that. If you know it's coming, coming and it's nothing you can do about it. It's, I'm sure it's not a great feeling either. 416-870-0590, star 591 It's Blue Jays talk, Blair and Barker. The Jays, 3-2 losers to the Los Angeles Angels tonight in 10 innings. The big news, though, the Jays acquiring Jordan Hicks for pitching prospects Sam Roberts and Adam Kloffenstein. Dave and Aurora. Hey, hey Dave, what's up, man? Uh, so I just got to toot my own horn. I think I was calling for Merrifield to get up in the order about a couple months ago, and now he's there, and look where the Jays are. Nice. You know what? Actually, I remember you – I don't know if you called us, but I, I was thinking this just when you came on. I remember a couple of people, and I want to shout them out because I, I might have been a little dismissive because George Springer's making all the money. Yada. A couple of people – pinpointed the possibility of Whit Merrifield going into the leadoff spot before I did. So I'm putting my hand up, and I'm, I'm yes, I am willing to congratulate you and take you on your word for it because it sure looks good, doesn't it? It looks pretty damn good. And you know what? I've liked him ever since he was a Royal. Uh, I think at one point he ended a season and started off another season and was almost going to break DiMaggio's hit streak, but they didn't really want to count it because it was a part of two different seasons. Anyways, the guy can hit. They call him two-hit Whit for a reason. Uh, and I think Hicks coming in, like you said, he's had some pedigree. He's had some problems uh, getting it into the zone. But when you throw 102, just put it right in the middle. Make sure that you get a, a chance at getting a strike in there. And, you know, if they can hit that, you tip your cut. Uh, I really like the move. I'd like to see Pearson stick around. I know he'd be a good trade bait to help our team, but he's another guy that could, if he gets his head on straight and he can throw that fastball right down the middle, not many guys can hit 102, 100-plus. Uh, you have those guys coming out at the end of a game. That'd be pretty good. But I, I know what you mean. I kind of have lost all fate with, with Nate Pearson. Uh, so, But you can't really give up on guys. It's baseball. And I think, you know, Kevin Biggio is another one of those guys where we're sticking around, we're holding on to him. Hopefully he can get in stride later on into his career. Um, yeah, I think uh, we've, got our, we've got ourselves a shot at the division here. We're going to keep going. and. Let's go. Tonight I'm rooting for the Yankees. Usually don't do that very much. Thanks, guys. Well, I'll tell one. you what. 
But thanks, Dave, for the call. And by the way, a little bit, I don't know if you'd call this news with the Yankees, but Aaron Judge is not in the lineup for the Yankees tonight against the Orioles. That's the last time those teams face each other this year. Uh, so you know, read what you want into that. Aaron Judge coming back from injury. Probably not entirely, uh, probably not entirely uh, surprising to uh, to see that. Um, you know, Kev, what, I was gonna. I had made a note before the Hicks injury or before the Hicks trade happened to ask you about Whit Merrifield, um, and I'm glad the caller brought it up. You willing to stick with this long term, the rest of the year, if you have to? Whit Merrifield leading off? Absolutely. No, there's there's no question. Like it's going with. It, uh, what gives you a better chance of not kill rallies? Like you're you're not getting a ton of hits when it matters the most, and if you can get dudes on base, they're getting traffic. Like I, I just mentioned it: first, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and tenth. Like that's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of chances. It's not because they ain't getting chances. And if I can roll my better hitters up there more times than not, I, that'll give me at least a better chance for one of them to either run into one or get a hit when it matters the most. So, absolutely, he's hitting well, and Springer's not hitting. It's a no-brainer. Alan, I'm, I'm going to get to you in a minute, Alan, in Mississauga. But, Kevin, we did get a text, Finn from Markham, right up your alley. I wanted to ask you about this. If you had to name one thing to start Springer on the path to hitting more, what would it be? So, Kevin Barker, you get a chance to talk to George Springer. What's the first thing you say to him? Stop guessing. Look for fastball right down the middle. Easy. Simple. He overthinks it all the time. Now, he hasn't the last couple of days because that guessing thing ain't working. But that's what, for me, I mean, there's been dudes that'll tell you, Derek Jeter said, I made the Hall of Fame because I look right down the middle till two strikes and adjust everything else because that's how you get a bunch of hits, right? They're human beings. They're going to throw a ball down the middle. But you got to let them stop guessing so much. If it was me, that's what I'd tell him. And two things. Get a little bit more bend in your knees. Get a little bit more athletic position where you can stay balanced throughout your entire swing. Don't have to do it for very long, but do it until you start getting frisky and look right down the middle for a fastball. Don't overthink it. Alan and Mississauga, you want to talk about the Jordan Hicks acquisition. You also want to talk about the bottom of the order. Uh, I, I'm sorry, the bottom of the 10th today. Pardon me. Yeah, I listen to you guys every day. I, I appreciate it. I, I like listening to your opinions. I not always agree with them, but... That's the way it goes. Oh, right? You always agree with me. You just don't always agree with Kevin, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. Thanks for listening. Uh, the trade. I love the trade. Um, I still think we need a, a, a bat because I have an issue with whenever somebody has to sit out, like Kiermaier or whoever takes a day off. That that Bijo is the first one in there. I you know, it doesn't sit well with me. Uh, you need somebody better than that coming off, coming in to play when when one of those guys needs a day off. Kevin, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks for the call. Yeah, it's uh See, I, I mean, think I, they need a I think they need an everyday guy. I, I I think they need a veteran presence in the in the order who competes and has that quality at bat over and over and over again with a dude standing in second with two outs. That's what that for me is what they need. That coming off the bench thing, I You know how hard that is, Jeff, to do? You know, yeah, you know, know how hard you know how hard the at bat was for Kevin Biggio in the tenth inning facing a dude that throws ninety seven to a hundred miles an hour in a spot that you can't hit. Yeah, good luck. Like it's uh, well, we're 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 asking way too much of these dudes. That's why for me, just going over and glossing that over and just getting that guy that can take it a bat away from Kevin Biggio, it's not enough. 
You need a dude that can hit cleanup. If you want to win a World Series, get the guy that can hit cleanup. If you don't want to win a World Series and your goal is just to win a playoff series, okay, go out and get you a couple of dudes that you can gloss over that would take it at batter or two away from Varsho or Kevin Biggio or Santiago Espinal. That's what you want to do? Go for it. But you ain't going to win a World Series doing that. Kevin, let me ask you this. Jordan Hicks with the Blue Jays. Jordan Romano comes back and is reasonably healthy. Who's your closer? I would still think Jordan Romano. I mean, they, again, it's predictability for the most part when he gets the ball. Now, I will say probably playoffs, they'll go matchup. They'll go hybrid. They'll go best guy, right spot, that kind of thing. I will be intrigued to see because we've seen Cabrera now throwing more strikes. I mean, he's filling the strikes on up. Does that change the scenery or, or is Pete Walker spewing something that he's never heard before? Will that be the same way with Hicks? Now, I know Petey better than most. He knows how to speak it. But can you can a guy, because he hasn't really, again, I get back to that pitches per inning, pitches per plate appearance, throwing strike one. If you throw 102 and say you can be unpredictable oo, and you can be competitive with 102, you're going to dominate people. Why hasn't he been consistently doing that? Is it mechanical? Yeah. Is it what they're talking about? Is it, you know, sequencing? What is it? So I'd be intrigued to see that. Once he figures that out, ah, then gloves are off. You can do what you want to do. Jordan Hicks so far this year is one and six. Uh, his ERA is three sixty seven. He's got eight saves. His WHIP is one point five one two. He has fifty nine strikeouts against twenty four walks over forty one and two thirds innings. He's given up a couple of home runs. And as Kevin mentioned, there has certainly been a the arrows have been pointing up. I guess it'd be what I would say mm-hmm. uh, recently for Jordan Hicks and it's one of the things you want to do when you make an acquisition at the deadline you you it's everybody everybody likes to think they can buy low but what you really want to do what you really really want to do is bring a guy in who can hit the ground running and help you you want to do it basically like Yenis's Cabrera has done since he's been with the Blue Jays no drama I'll take the ball I'll go out I'll get the job done that's that's what you want to see that's what you want to see from Jordan Hicks as well just don't give me any drama Go out and continue doing what you're doing. Well, I'm interested to see, too, if he's a pockets guy. You, th- you think that's what's going to happen is he first he, he comes in and, you know, it's it's a couple of righties and a lefty. Is that is that the way it is? Or if the first three guys at the top of the order are all left-handed, he's going to get the ball. I'd be intrigued to see that. The 102 will play. It's just how you use it if you can throw enough strikes. If the pitches per plate appearance go down, he's going to dominate the American League, and that's what you want if you're a Blue Jays fan. You want to see that in the eighth and ninth inning. We've got a couple of minutes left. Alex and Vaughn, I want to go to, uh, go to you. You were driving home from the cottage. Are you home yet? We just got home. There you go. Well, I'm see, I didn't want – you know me. I'm thinking of my callers, and I said, let's let Alex get home before you go to him. I don't want him calling while he's driving, so please go ahead. All right. Thanks, guys. I just want to say, first off, that, Kevin, you are absolutely nailing it today. I agree with everything you said. The biggest thing from today's game is that the guys just can't make a productive out when they need a productive out. And I've been seeing it all year round. Newsflash, these aren't the slugging Jays anymore. The identity of this team is pitching, and pitching has been what's gotten us as far so far. So what we need to do at the deadline here is get a big bat, not a bat that's going to take a bat away from Biggio or Santiago Espinal, but a bat that we can slot in confidently in the top five put Varsho on the bench, 
more often and feel a bit better about RBI opportunities when they come around. Thanks, guys. I'll hang up. Yeah, Alex, listen, I appreciate the call. I'm with you completely. Um, I mean, I wrote a column on this in Sportsnet Thoughts a couple of a couple of weeks ago. You know what? You've got to, Ross Atkins, you've got to make this lineup better because your pitchers are pitching their heart out for you. I mean, they are. They have, when you look at, at Alec Manoa going down, all the stuff that's happened to this rotation, four man rotation, everything they've had to go through. Um, yeah, 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 I love the Jordan Hicks deal, but it's got to be more, Ross. Got to get that lineup fixed somehow, Kevin. I think we're on the same page. Absolutely. Well, have faith. There was a lot of other teams involved with Jordan Hicks. They wanted him too. Seems like the Blue Jays were spewing and had better and was talking it the better way to get Hicks. So maybe, fingers crossed, he'll go out and get a, a guy that can hit cleanup for the Blue Jays and help him drive in runs. So there you go. A mixed bag for the Blue Jays today. They lost 3-2 to the LA Angels in 10 innings, but they got the best reliever on the market. 48 hours before the trade deadline, the Blue Jays have acquired Jordan Hicks for two pitching prospects just in time. Just in time for the Baltimore Orioles to roll in town for four games starting tomorrow. Folks, thanks for hanging around. Appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Now that summer has arrived, it's road trip season. Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for a special summer offer today. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection.